I want you to sit down. I want you to buckle up because I'm going to preach at the rate of awesome. I'm going to speak really fast. I'm going to do this quickly. But I want you, as you sit down, to give the worship team one more round of applause. Would you do that? I want to share this thought with you because this is an important thought for us about being willing to change. So here's what I'd like to do because the church in, in I, that's why I'm just, I wrestled with, I'm not going to call a 21 day fast. We're not going to call a three. I, I want to call you to a year. There's too many of us that have just kind of come and gone 10 years of ministry, thousands and thousands of people through the church and look around. Look around today and you think whose empty seat could we be filling if we'll just reach out to them? Many times we think, well, it's Joey's job. It's the pastor's job. It's the worship team's job. No, it's your job to build the church. It's your job to go get them if you haven't seen them. You have a sphere of influence to reach and to get us where, where God wants us to be as a driving force of change. But you have to be willing to change. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, you hear this issue that all of us have with trouble with change. Because all of us want change until change comes. All of us want something different until something different shows up and our life now is in a form of resistance. It's our human nature. Many people do not change because they, they, they want it, because they feel the fire. And because they feel the fire and the heat of it, now they decide to change. Israel has an issue. They, they were brought out of Egypt's bondage by a miracle, but out in the wilderness for three days, now they're complaining because of the change. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, it says, Then they turned and they journeyed into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted. That means they went to the side of the mountain seer for many days. And the Lord spoke to me saying, Enough. Turn northward. You've skirted the mountain long enough. It's time to change. So in this quick message this morning, I want to do something. I need your participation. When I say, are you willing, I want you, if you are willing, by showing God you're willing, by giving him a hand clap. So we're going to practice. Are you willing? Oh, you're already good. Awesome. Okay, so when I preach on that and talk about that, that's your sign by clapping to tell God you're willing to change. Because most of us, we want change, but we don't want to set the goal. How are you going to know you've achieved something if you don't set a goal? Anybody can talk big, but small things accomplished are better than big things talked about. If last year was an amazing year, praise the Lord for it. If last year was a miserable year, oh, good, it's a new year now. So what my point is, if it was an awesome year, you're going to have to forget it. If it was a miserable year, you're going to have to let it go. Because of the click of the clock, it's a new year, it's a new decade, and now you and I have an opportunity to let God take us in 2020 to overflow, but we have to be willing. Are you willing? So here's how you have to start that off. You have to realize, because some of you come from different backgrounds, but you have to realize God wants the very best for you. God wants the best for you. 
God wanted the best for Israel. That's why he brought him Moses. And God wants the best for you and I. He wants the best for us, and he wants us to receive the best life that we can possibly have. Do you know that the days on this earth, they're written in a book? God has written your days in a book. And in that book of life, that written book that God has, he has great days for you. He's ordained you and called you to do specific things. But Israel, they were the apple of God's eye. And God wanted the best for them, but they refused to turn loose of the past. How many of you know we can romanticize the past when it wasn't really that good at all? We can romanticize the era and the genre we were awesome in, even though the era and the genre wasn't that awesome at all. We can like, hey, I love the 80s, if you're an 80s person. And the 80s weren't that great. You can say, well, I love the 70s. The 70s were, it's a matter of your perspective. But often we romanticize the past. And, and even though it wasn't all that great to begin with, Egypt was slavery. Egypt was poverty. Egypt was suffering. It was shame. It was perpetual agony. It was one issue after another. The children of Israel's babies were being thrown into the Nile River. How many of you think you could forget that? But they wanted to go back to it because they refused to change. Most people want progress without changing. But Galene said it while she was speaking. If you want something you never had, you got to do something you've never done. So are you willing? And most people, if we're honest, if we're honest, most people are willing to, to not see the light, but they only change because they feel the heat. It's not because they, I've seen the light, I've seen the light. No, they feel the heat. And God turns up the thermostat and he turns up the temperature because he wants us to change. Israel's first mistake, like many of us, that they couldn't forget the past. They can't forget Egypt. Is that said of you today? You can't forget the hurt. You can't forget the pain. You can't forget the past. Like so many of us, the things come our way, and if we're not careful, we just hold on to them. We hold on to the things that's killing us. We're faithful to the things that's killing us. God send them Moses. There was nobody kind of in those days wanting to deliver Israel. They were slaves to Egypt. They were slaves to Pharaoh. There was no deception back then like there is today. You know, people saying they're Christ or saying this is the way, this is religion, this is your truth. That's deception that we face nowadays. But in those days, there was no deception. There was no guy coming to Israel and the people of Israel, the slaves of Pharaoh, saying, hey, I'm going to deliver you. But when Moses came, listen to this, Moses came and said, hey, I'm God's man. Moses was the crown prince of Egypt. Moses' father was Pharaoh. Moses was trained in all the ways of Egypt. But Moses on the inside had a passion because his name was written in heaven. And God in his book had Moses' life mapped out. Moses, even though he was the prince of Egypt, even though he was trained in the, in the ways of Egypt and the paganism of Egypt, when Moses saw that the Egyptian guard killed the Hebrew, something in him rose up and he became angry and his anger spiked and he killed the Egyptian. What angers you? What is it that, that just gets your goat and angers you? See, that's the very thing God's called you to solve. There are things in Stockton, when I came here many years ago, they angered me. The mentality, the mindset, the churches, the things that people did and called it Jesus. And they talked and they called it Jesus. And that type of stuff put a fire in me and angered me. 
And it drove me to say, no, we've got to do something different. We've got to change the way that we're talking and acting and living. And we have to raise up the standard and be people of excellence and people of honor. Do you know how demonic attack starts? It's out of disrespect. The first sign of disrespect is the first sign of demonic attack. When there's disrespect, there's demonic activity. When there's dishonor, there's dishonor, there's non-favor. When people are dishonorable, when people aren't people of gratitude and people of generosity, what happens is you become a person that lacks favor. So I'm telling you, like I would say to Moses, Moses was called of God. But Moses had a fire in him that drove him to the place of his destiny. What drives you? Can you let go of the past so God can drive you to your divine destiny? What is it that, that gets you going? Is God calling you to do something great? There are two great days, the day you're born and the day you find out what you're born for. God sends them Moses. They don't believe him. God proves it through one miracle after another, 10 earth-shattering miracles, and Moses leads them out. And as soon as they get out into the wilderness, they leave Egypt, which is sin. They go into the Red Sea, which is baptism. And as soon as they get out into the wilderness, where God is providing just enough for them, they were living in a land of not enough. God takes them through the sea to get them to more than enough, the place of promise. But now they're in just enough. And just like so many of us, they started to complain. They didn't like change. They were not willing. Are you willing? Are you willing? In other words, Egypt was hell on earth. But they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? Why did you bring us out here? They literally were enslaved and bondage for hundreds of years. And when God takes them to a place of just enough, instead of being grateful, three days out there. Where have you heard those three days before? Wasn't it Jonah in the belly of the whale that after three days in that belly, he started to have an attitude of gratitude. And he said, I'll offer up a sacrifice of praise unto thee. And as an offering of praise, God shoved him out of Shamu's belly and put him to his divine destiny. Wasn't it Jesus three days in the belly of this earth of Hades where he grabbed the keys of death, hell, and the grave and he came out victorious not because he was a wimp, not because he was a whiner, because he saw the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. So you and I have to be willing. We have to be willing to take all of our insecurities and all of our doubts, but we have to, I'm just, I'm just giving you a declaration. Give your year over to the Lord. Don't give a day. Don't give 21 days. Don't do this little gimmick and that little gimmick to try to get people to, you give your year over to the Lord. Let God have that year. You become a beacon of light to people. It's important because we can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. We need God's help, but we need others' help. Did you fail last year? Was last year literally hell on earth? Can I encourage you? Forget it. I have a word for you today. Turn it loose. Let go of the things of the past. Let go of the pain. Let go of the bitterness. Have you become bitter? Have you become angry? Has things not worked out your way? Let it go. Let it go. Has the prayer and depression come as a result of not letting it go? I encourage you, square up your shoulders, lift your head, wipe the dirt off your face, and get back in the race. God has something for you. In other words... 
Let last year's bitter memories leave you. Let last year's mistakes leave you. Let last year's heartache and rejection leave you. Turn loose the shackles of habit that had tried to enslave you and bound you up to be part of the problem and not part of the answer. Let go of that thing of that family. Let go of that situation and that marriage. Let go of that rejection that you've held on to. Let go of the things, those brick threats that try to hold you down, the resentment of other people who lie to you and lied about you. Let that old sorry goat go and let God have a way in your life. God has something for us. It's so important. It's a land of more than enough. It's really a land of abundance. Not just a physical, tangible land, but one that we experience day to day. A peace of joy, of health, prosperity, love, joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost. All of those things, friends, God has for us. This is God we're talking about. He's not intimidated by the governments. He's not intimidated by who's come against you or who's come to help you. God Almighty is in charge. He's not up in heaven saying, let's make a deal. He's in heaven saying, this is the deal. Give your life over to me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. As we get ready to close and Pat comes, the worship team uh, would come back, please. God's waiting for our part. Now, here's the issue. There's two parts to this that has to happen. One of them is God's part. God's already done his part. He's went to Calvary. He's done, his, he's done his work of grace. But now you and I have our part. Philippians 3.13 says, forgetting those things which are behind you. You have to do that. Reach toward what lies ahead. You have to press toward the mark of the high calling of the prize that's in Christ Jesus. Have you ever met anybody that kind of refused to change? Wives, don't look at your husbands. Look right at me. And you say, they just won't change. Ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I think like I think? Why do we do that? Why do I go where I go? Why am I, why am I involved in this? Why? You know, sometimes we get in a rut and we don't even realize it. A rut is a grave with both ends kicked out of it. A rut. Some people are in them. Turn it loose. You have to learn to change. Are you willing? You have to be willing. Reminds me of a story of a husband and wife, they've been married a long time and their relationship was kind of in a rut. So the wife was saying, you know what, we never do anything. The husband said, well, hey, the county fair's happening. Let's go to it. The wife said, okay, let's go. So they went to the county fair and there was a guy giving airplane rides and those open seat airplanes, those old school ones. And the wife said, that looks fun, let's do it. So they walked over to the pilot and said, well, how much? And the pilot said, well, it's $100. And the husband said, oh, that's way too much, no. And they began to bicker back and forth and so, the pilot said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll let you guys ride for free if I can take you up in my airplane and do some tricks and neither one of you scream, I'll let you ride for free. Husband said, you got a deal. So he put his wife in the plane behind him in an open seat and that pilot took off. He took every turn he could. He did loop-de-loops, whirled back and forth. He landed. He says, I can't believe it. None of you all screamed. It's, a, it's amazing. He's, the man said, well, I, I was about to on that second barrel roll when my wife fell out the plane. They had money on this thing. But at least they weren't in a rut, right? Like Israel, God's people, we can get in a rut. And we can think, well, I've served him this way, and I've done this, and i got to continue that. And now it ain't worked out, and now I'm blaming God. But sometimes we, come, we become masters of our routine, and we can confuse motion with progress. Some people do that. Isn't it true? Some of us have done that. We're always on the move. 
So we go from relationship to relationship, work to work, church to church. I'm trying to find the spirit, brother. I'm trying to find the spirit, sister. We go from this to that when really the issue is in the mirror. I think it's something so important because motion is not progress. Activity is not achievement. There's a difference. When you don't know what to do, wait on God. I used to say when you wait on God, you know, start serving. And that's true to a perspective. But there's really more than just waiting and serving. There's letting God download to you rest. Letting God minister to you. See, some of you have gone so much activity. You jump so much. You do so many different things. You've never plugged into a church, really. Some of you, even in this service, uh, and I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, you, just bear, you come once a month, twice a month. You've never really committed. And what you don't realize is there may come a day when you'll try to come back and we will not be here. In other words, the, the church may be raptured or I may be gone. I gave you 10. I don't know if I'm going to give 10 more. That's my point. If you don't catch what the man and God and the people of authority are giving you and you don't take it as serious and say, this is something that I need and my family needs. My point is you'll go in perpetual circles when people of purpose and destiny will move to another sunset. And it's so important that you catch what I'm ministering to you. Because some of you have let this society, you've let your upbringing, you let your identity, you've let your culture, you've let your ethnicity, you've let all these things play into your relationship with God. And God is saying in effect to some of you today, are you willing? Are you willing? Not give your finances over to the Lord. Not just give your time over to the Lord. Not just give your thoughts and your personality over to the Lord. Give everything over to Him. Are you willing? Because when you do that, change really happens. You know what?